Happy New Year. I want to appreciate our choir. I mean, these people paid tremendous price. They were here, we got through the service. By the time you sleep, I mean, if you are here, I know when you sleep, you don't sleep immediately. But they came here before I came. They were here early enough to practice, to be able to lead us today. These are people who have children. These are young people. For one of them, the wife is pregnant. He should be there rubbing the stomach. But he came. You know, the, 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 the price they pay, we should recognize it. Don't take these people for granted there. Don't take them for granted, you know. They are parents like you and I. They are parents like you and I. And they go home, take care of these children, do their jobs, and still pay this price. And at this young age, people of their age, many of them don't go to church. I'm not kidding you. So, but they've gone above and beyond in paying the price to serve Jesus. The Lord will bless you all. Thank you so very much for what you do. Can we appreciate them again? Amazing. Amazing. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have to serve you. Thank you for these young men and women. You called them. We didn't call them. You called them. You gave them talents to use to serve your body. And by your grace, they are faithful to it. They are faithful. And you watch, and you see, and you have your reward in your hands. They will not miss their reward. Father, even at this moment, we want to share in your word, we trust you. That you will open our hearts, open our understanding, and cause your word to have entrance. Because if it doesn't go in, it won't bear fruit. So that it will abide in us, live in us, produce what you want it to produce. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I want to talk to us this morning briefly about what are you hungry for? <clears throat> what are you what? Hungry for. What are you thirsting for this 2023? What is your passion about? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger. Now watch the word. The Holy Spirit is a very excellent communicator. Which do hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. He said it all. Not just that they hunger, but that they thirst. After righteousness, for they shall be filled. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13, and they shall seek me and find me only on one condition. When you seek, when you what? When you what? With what? Not half. Not half of your heart. Not one quarter. When, when, when you are seeking me and you are seeking me above everything else, your passion, your, your time, your everything is there. That's where you find. There has to be a hunger. There has to be a thirst. People. And unfortunately, many people in the Christian world are, 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 are moving now on, on um, what do you call this gear that you put and it's just, the car is going. Neutral. They're, it's okay. We just say, okay, they go to church. Yeah, they go to church. Everything is neutral, neutral. That way you get nothing, though. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> that way you just be neutral, Christian, neutral, neutral life, and neutral, neutral, neutral. Hunger and thirst is a very strong motivation for success. If you don't have any desire and any thirst in any area of your life, and you're not being motivated to pursue that thing with everything you have, you're not succeeding. And lukewarmness drives failure. One professor said it properly. He said that failure is waking up everybody every morning and doing what you don't want to do. Because you'll be lukewarm about it. He says you are guaranteed to fail. So he defined failure as doing what you don't like to do, what you don't want to do. So quit means he's saying you're going to fail. You don't have the passion, you don't have the zeal, you don't have interest. 
You're failing there. But success is waking up and doing what you have a passion for. Man, you don't even know when it's uh, 6 p.m. And it's the same thing in dealing with God. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 46. Blind Bartimaeus wanted healing desperately. Man, you couldn't stop him. He wanted it desperately. And after we read this, I'm going to show you a couple of things. In Mark, Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. This is not, a, this is not whispering, man. He was what? Shouting. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many, not few people. The crowd said, my friend, keep, keep quiet. Let, is it you that we came here for? Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted what? Loud. Why? There was desperation in for him. Brother, if you, 2023, you have to be desperate for the things of God. Casual attitude gets you nowhere. God does not respond to stuff like that. It's even an insult. He yelled. And then when in verse, um, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus had him, he stopped. He stopped the Son of God. He was not the only person that needed help. I mean, I could imagine that a lot of people were sick there. But this one, one person who said, I must get this thing. And Jesus stopped. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus didn't stop at the first shout. He stopped at the second shout. He stopped. Is there anything to learn from that? Do you know that anybody who got things from Jesus in the Bible, there were people who were desperate. They overcame stigma. They overcame social hindrances. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. In the, in the culture of the time, and even by the, the, the religion established by God, she wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't supposed to enter the synagogue. That was why she was afraid when she was healed. She was afraid because she violated the religious law violated everything. Why? She was desperate. Talk of somebody who removed the roof. Man, when you climb somebody's house and remove the roof, if it's in America today, they will sue you. And the man said, I am getting this thing, roof or not. I can't get to here to him. I'm going to carry me up there. Take off this roof. And Jesus didn't even rebuke him for the roof. Remember, somebody has to fix the roof. And Jesus didn't, fit, didn't rebuke him. The Bible said, when he saw their faith, he saw it, that this man is seeking me with all his what? And God said, if you do that, you find me. You know, we're too casual about Christianity. We're really too casual. And like I said on Sunday, last night, if you don't work out your salvation, believe you me, you live like a hidden. Your flesh will overcome you. All manner of things will overcome you. You'll be living just regular lives. Just regular. Regular. So this, this thirst and hunger is the attitude that makes things work. Don't sit down there and be complaining and murmuring and blaming everybody else. What have you done yourself? If you are standing on scripture, you stand vehemently on it. Me, you stand, oh my God, you stand and let the devil know that there's no chance you are changing your mind. There's no chance I'm changing my mind. Because this is, may you hold it, the Bible says hold fast to that which is yours. 
you hold it tenaciously. Convince them, see this thing, they're not getting it from you. It's lukewarmness that drives indecision, procrastination, excuses, have reasons not to do this, have reasons not to do that. You just stretch yourself, big man. You know, because you know we're busy, this America. That's the same reason why you get nothing. This America. Look at these young people we're talking about. Do you know their age? Came here early to practice. They had options to, to lie down straight forward. Them. Came here early. They talked, and not only that, they, they were praying. They were praying, seeking God to minister to God early. Isn't God watching this thing? Is that a lukewarm attitude? That's what the Bible says will serve Jesus with fervency of spirit. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 12. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. <laughs> think about it. Tell I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. They say there's more hope for a fool than you. The lazy person claims there's a lion on this road. Yes, I'm sure there's a lion out there. There's always reason not to do what you should do. Always good reason. More so when you're pursuing dollar. When you're pushing dollar. And so when Elisha was following Elijah, and remember that when Elijah came to Elisha, Elisha was giving reasons. He said, let me go bury my days. Let me go do this. And they touched him with that mountain of God. That was when he left everything. Why? Because God, it was a call of God, call of grace. To put him in the place of Elijah. It wasn't Elisha that made himself. It was God that wanted him. So God made Elijah touch him. And because of that, the Bible says, in the day of my power, they shall be willing. That was when Elisha left everything. Before they was giving a reasons, giving reasons. I by the way, why am I teeth now? Listen to me, all of you that are Christians. Don't you follow the Old Testament prophets? They are not your example. Our example is Jesus. That's a marked difference between the Old Testament and what? Yes. Very serious difference. If you pray the Old Testament, you'll be out of the New Testament. Very serious, major difference. In fact, God brought the Old Testament to a halt and stopped it, closed it. It's in your book of Hebrew. He said because it's unprofitable, because it has so many flaws in it, so many, it couldn't wash away our sins. The priests were human beings who were committing sin. And the law couldn't make anybody perfect. Every system there was just a shadow. And God said, I brought it to an end. The reality has come who is Christ. So when the disciples of Jesus said, call fire like Elijah, I said, no, you don't know the type of spirit what you have now. You're not like him. You're not like him. I'm not Elijah. I am not Elijah. I am God. Don't put me in the class of Elijah. I created Elijah. The spirit I'm giving you is the spirit of grace and mercy and love. And so when Elijah was now following, look at what desperation does. Elijah said, you don't have to be following me. You can wait here. You know, the man said, I'm following you. I'm after something. So in, in 2 Kings chapter 2, from verse 1, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven, in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here now, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, lives and you, you yourself live, I will never, I'm following you. I'm desperate for something. Because I know you'll soon go. Because he knew. He knew. And it wasn't only all, the, all those prophets that were in the school of prophets that were following Elijah, they knew that this man was going. It was divine plan. All of them knew. 
And I was telling Elisha, do you know your master will be taking away to this? I know I'm following him. Desperation. Hunger. Thirst. Let me read verse uh, 2. The Elijah said to Elisha, okay, verse 3. Then the group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know now, Elisha answered. But be quiet about it too. Verse 4. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here now. I mean, this is his boss. Stay here. Stay here. For the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord who told you live so, and you yourself live, I will never leave. I'm after Because, listen to me. Being a prophet, God must administer to him. He knew that. And again, observing Elijah, because you learn by observation, observing Elijah, he realized that there is something about, that Elijah has at want. Yeah. He went after it. Can I hear amen? That this does not mean that you start all this human worship where you say you're under somebody's uh, coverage. I don't see any hedonic stuff like that. Then. Under human beings' coverage. Is it God? We abide under the shadow of who? Almighty, not, not to human beings. People just start worshiping human beings just so easily. It's easy to worship human beings. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a mantle. There's nothing like that in the New Testament. Nothing like that. You are baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive power. Can I hear amen? If Jesus said, you shall receive what? Power. You don't need mantle. You need the Holy Spirit. So I tell you, there's marked difference between the Old Testament and very serious difference. Because now we are the carriers of God. Now we are the sons of God. In fact, we have the kingdom in us. What do you need mantle for? When God used mantle with Paul, remember that Paul had a, a cool laborer who was very sick. Paul couldn't heal him. Even couldn't heal him. And Paul said, this man nearly died. He said, God had mercy on me. These things, you don't switch it on when you like. Don't do it. Don't use it when you like. It's not a, it's not a doctrine that you now preach. Everybody bring, everybody bring handkerchief. No, you don't do that. Except the Holy Spirit instructs that. Can I hear amen? So there's a spiritual law that we need to know as we enter 2023 and practice it. It's called the law of hunger and thirst. There's a law of God about hunger and thirst and being filled. That if you hunger, if you thirst, God assures you that you'll be filled. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 24. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be what? Granted. So if the righteous has no desire, there's nothing to be granted. There has to be a, a desire, strong desire. Proverbs 23 verse 18. For surely there is an end people and thy expectation shall not be caught. So if you don't have expectation, you don't have desire, what are you going to get? And so this new year, our theme is let's study we can't study unless there's a thirst to know Jesus. A real hunger to know him, people. I will transform your life. You can't do that unless you have. If you're settled into religion, you can't. We preach all these things, you just you can't tell here and fall off here. And you won't do that. And you won't, you won't benefit from it. You won't. You won't. And you're looking for somebody to pray for you. Do you know those kind of things which you can do yourself? Just doing stuff like that. You know, Wednesday we were having believers, with, and a sister shared a testimony. He walked into a family, and the head of the family was lame. And he said, I moved up there, put my hand on him, and said, In Jesus' name, I command you to walk. And the man started walking, the whole family went to work. 
He said, when he stood up and started walking, even myself went back. I said, yeah. When you receive sound teaching, it builds your faith to the point that you start being used of God. Called maturity. Jesus said, when you preach the gospel, you heal the sick too. I said, that's, that's a testimony. That's how you testify about Jesus Christ, that the name of Jesus is above everything. And the whole family started singing. Revivers <laughs> broke out. Greater testimony than tract. Because somebody had the word of God and realized that this name works. And besides, following that testimony was another testimony that somebody said, you know, in my job, there's this sister that went to hospital, got healed, and came back, and the, the whole staff celebrated it all. And they was following me behind, and all of a sudden, started gasping. Gasping for air, I couldn't breathe. And I turned around, I said, I take authority over this situation in Jesus' name. He said, I rebuke this thing, I command peace in Jesus' name. And instantly, she got her head back. And the whole, the whole staff went to boo. And went back and continued her work. And those people sit in this church like you hear the same thing you hear. So look, go and tell them there's a prophet to pray for them, they won't listen to it. Because they found there's power. That's, that's, what, that's what teaching does to you. It builds you up, you become strong and do exploits. You do exploits. You become a useful person in the hand of Jesus to show the world that Jesus is Lord over everything. So there's, we need to have this hunger to know Christ so that we can grow too. So we can grow too and do exploits too. But you know, knowing the value of knowing Jesus, we create this task. If you don't know the value of knowing Christ, you won't have the task to know him. All this thing we are talking, the thing for the year. Look, this thing for the year was given to me while I was walking in the park. It was given to me, I think, either March or April. I was walking. But I mean, you know when you are walking, you are tired. <laughs> I do really fast walk. I'm sweating, and everywhere I sweat, and here I am going. And what I had is... Let us study. Let's study. That's your team for 2023. I said, Lord, I'm doing this exercise. He said, that's your team. Have you ever walked and you're panting for air? And then here God is talking to you, giving you the team for 2023. And immediately I finished that walk, I got to the car, I called it. I said, please, please write it down. We must not, you can write it down. We must not forget this thing. I was doing, minding my business. I wasn't thinking of 2023. And all I had is, Let's study. That's your thing for 2023. Get that church to study and to know. So if you don't know the value of this things we are talking about, you won't have the time, you won't have the hunger. You will not. You just be going on neutral because you're satisfied where you are. But you don't know there's something higher. There's something greater. There's greater things for you, exploits for you. Look at Philippians 3, verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless. This is Paul. He knew the value of knowing Christ. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ. Everything else is what? Worthless. Tell me, you think Paul has time for everything else that is worthless? That's why he devoted his life, his almost knowing. It's value system that drives your passion. It's value. In 2 Corinthians 4, 5, he called it treasure. He said, knowing Christ is a treasure. 2 Corinthians 4, from verse 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out in, of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, that knowledge, he called it a treasure. In 18 verses, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So people can see the excellence of the power of Jesus through us. And say this treasure, it came because God commanded revelation. So we understand who Christ is and understand the glory on his face and his identity and who he is. It's treasure. So Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know him then. You see where it's coming from? I want to know him. I want to know Christ I want to 
I have a desire. And, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him. Sharing in his death. So that one, one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What's talking about here is, I want to know Christ so that I live this new life, this resurrected life I have in Christ. I want to experience it. I want to live it because I have no other option. That's the only life I need to live. And finally, he said, Christ is my life. He's my all. So he started to press forward. To him, it wasn't a one Sunday something. It was a lifelong pursuit. So in verse 12, I'm reading uh, Philippians 3 verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved this thing so, or that I have already reached perfection. You see hunger? He said, I'm not settling down. No, 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 no. He said, but I press on. I do what? Are you here? I do what? Press on. To possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it yet. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I pressed on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on this point, on this thing. If you disagree on this point, I believe God will make it plain to you. It's as simple as that. Somebody says that everything you want is on the other side of your consistency. Everything you want is on the other side of your consistency. If you are not consistent, you are going nowhere. Paul said, I press on. I press on. Consistently seeking. Consistently pursuing the knowledge of Christ because nothing compares with it. Brethren, let me tell us something. You see all these ritualist people get involved. There's no salvation in ritualism. There's only salvation in who? Christ. Rituals can save you. That's what Paul was telling the Colossians. See all these things you people do, touch not, do this, do this. Say it's all waste of time. You say you're complete in Christ and he's your sufficiency. It's in him you find salvation. He's your sanctifier. He's your healer. He's your life. Rituals is not your life. Come, come, can do anything. You're wasting your time. So our value system determines what is our treasure in life and what we pursue. What we think adds value to us is why we invest our time. It's why we invest our money. But look at Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen. What our Lord Jesus said: Don't keep hoarding for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts. Decays and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasure for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. Your heart will pursue what you esteem as your treasure. It's what you call treasure, your heart will pursue. If knowing Jesus is not your treasure, Believe me, no matter what we preach, it won't work. It's not going to work. Look at the Christians with very wrong value system. Re- Revelation 3.15. I know all the things you do. That you are neither hot nor what? Cold. I wish that you were one or the other. 16. But since you are like Lukewarm water. Lukewarm water. Neutral. You're like lukewarm water. Neither hot or cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. I'm not going to have you. Kicking you out. 17. You say I'm rich. I have everything I want. So, pastor, I preach. Wow, knowing Jesus. Are you serious? I have a good job. Paying, paying well. Everything is cool, man. God is good all time, based on your money. I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable. I'm poor. 
I'm blind, naked. You are not seeing the truth. You are not seeing anything. The riches of God is Christ. You don't have it. You're not pursuing the knowledge of the treasure of God. You say, is this what will keep you? 18. So I advise you to buy gold from me. <laughs> gold that has been purified by fire. Real gold. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me. So you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. Because right now you're blind. Secondly, must have to develop love for Jesus because love also drives desire to know. Love drives desire. Love drives passion. I remember when I wanted to marry my wife. I was very young. I was doing my internship I ABU teaching hospital, and I just bought a car, Peugeot 504, air conditioned. We were the first to buy air conditioned car. Yeah. So I wanted to impress my wife with it. So I would drive from Kaduna to Soka to Kareha. Immediately she entered, I would put the AC on. I was presenting my, my, yeah, put the AC on. And I'd be driving with one hand, you know. But you know, every two weeks, every two weeks, I will take off and drive to Osaka. If you know the distance, I will arrange for somebody to work for me, and then when I come back, I work for them. Every two weeks, I will go to Osaka. Sometimes I will arrive 8 p.m., 9 p.m. for just one visit to see her. And the moment I saw her, I was fulfilled. And before I go back, my wallet will be empty. That's why her name is Obiageliako. She came to chop. She came, if I, she came to chop my money. That's the meaning of the name. She came to chop my money. And she's been chopping it since then. But the point I'm trying to make is that why should I make that trip? It was motivated by my love for her. I didn't feel it. That trip, that distance meant nothing. It meant absolutely nothing. Why? I loved her. If I didn't love her, I'll, I'll give excuses not to come. But if we love Jesus, it's the same thing. We want to know him. Driven by love for him. Look at Paul. In Acts 21, verse 13. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. He loves Jesus. I'm prepared to die for him. I will die for this man. Man, I am ready to die for him. I'm ready to drive from Kaduna to Soka, but I wasn't ready to die for her. Because if you are safe, if there's any situation to die for her, I will bail out. But Paul said, I'm ready to what? Die for him. Don't stop telling me all of these things. I will pass through this. I pass through this. I am prepared. One missionary that was, that was preaching in one of these Arab countries, he wrote a letter. He said, Christians are so lukewarm. So that's why they are so ineffective. He said, until you are prepared to die for Jesus, you won't go far. He said, well, I preach is Dubai. I don't do Dubai. Who knows those Muslim countries? They were asking him, say, you're not, are you not afraid? He said, afraid of what? They died for me. He said, if I die, I die. He said, he said, he said that's when you become effective. And God is using him to, to bring a lot of people into the kingdom. He said, fear will stop you. Fear is the devil's destiny to paralyze you. He said, he said, what is my life? What? Except to win souls for Jesus. He wrote that and I read it. I'm like, wow. I still living there with his family. I think it's Kuwait or something. He's living there up to today. Preaching the gospel. Being threatened by this. He said Christians are so lukewarm. They're seeking for safe, safe place. He said there's no safe place. If you come out, you come out. If I perish, perish. 
explain it. We, we need to, are we, is, is it not the same Christianity we are pushing? Did you read the book of Hebrew talking about people who were sown into, people who wandered in deserts, people, he said, this world does, does not marry such people. And we're looking for, for you know, comforting, couch thing. You want to come to church, you want to lie down on the couch and put TV and be watching message, sleep half through, and you are deceiving yourself and cheating yourself. You are. Because you are not honoring the things of God. You think God will wake up and honor you? You're just talking, making your, you're losing. So Paul loved Jesus, and because of this love, he wanted to know him. It was his desire to know him. Look at David, Psalm 42, 1. As the deer panted for the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God. Man, I thirst for who? For God. I thirst for God. Ah, and God had an everlasting covenant with him. 300 years after this man died, God is still talking about my servant, David. A man after my heart. He loved me. He wasn't perfect, but he loved me. And God gave David the incredible revelation that Jesus was quoting David. Say, you know, David being a prophet said, the words of the cross, who wrote them? David. Psalm 23 is the present time we are living in. Psalm 22, you read it, you find it's a lot about that cross. Psalm 24 is the coming of Jesus. David had tremendous revelation, incredible revelation. He loved God. He wrote love songs to God. He wrote, man, he, he, he couldn't stop loving God. David, was, he danced and danced, and his, can you imagine like President of America dancing and his jacket goes off? The man was worshiping God, couldn't care less about being a king. That didn't matter to him. He was blessed. He was lost. And he loved God with all his heart. And he said, my heart is thirsting after who? God. I mean, he could be comfortable. He was a king. He could settle like many of us settle. But he said, no. There's something higher than life. God. My heart. Is thirsting after you. I say, dear thanks after I'm so thirsty for the living God. When shall I come and be seen? I need God. What are you thirsting for? Then the second thing we need to thirst for. We need to hunger to be filled with the Spirit of God all the time. We need to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's what brings result, people. I'm not kidding you. That's what I, I heard a testimony about a young man in South Africa who was so hungry for Jesus that he made all his passion was Christ. And then the Lord told him to go and see the prime minister. He said, go and meet that man. He walked into the prime minister's office. And this is true story. I have it on my phone. I can send it to you. The prime minister started shaking. And went on his knees. He said, oh my God, I need God. I need Jesus. And he told somebody, he said, when that man walked into my office, he he looked like God. He was talking like God. He said, I started rattling in my chair. And I said, oh my God, I need to repent. I need to give my life to Jesus. No sermon yet. When a man is full of the spirit of God, he's a different kind of human being. I'm telling you the truth. That's what gets the work of God done. Did you realize that Jesus was so full of God that when Peter saw him and said, he said, I'm a man of, I'm unclean. He said, depart from me. I'm unclean. Peter preached full of the spirit. The Bible says his word pierced their heart. It was his ordinary word. It was heavily anointed of God because they had been baptized of the Holy Spirit. They were full of God. And the people, the leaders looked at Peter and said, this boldness is unusual. This man is not educated. 
but his word was piercing heart. Piercing. Have you spoken to your children and you see the word of God pierce you? You don't fight, you don't quarrel. No. If you are full of the spirit and God gives you the word and you speak it, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Anywhere you speak, watch what happens. Ephesians 5.18 And be not drunk with what? Be not drunk with what? Wherein it says, but be filled with the Spirit. Live a life that is full of the Holy Ghost, full of the life of Jesus. Speaking to yourselves when you are full of the Holy Spirit, you speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing all the time, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why did he say murmuring here? They complaining here. This is stuff. These are carnal things. When Peter was flogged, he came out rejoicing. He was dancing that he was flogged because of Jesus. He was so excited. We, we, they haven't even opened the gate for you in time. You are angry. Angry. The ushers tell you, can you, brother, can you move? I don't blame you it's because you see me in this church. You're not full of the Holy Spirit. You're full of the flesh. You're not. People, I'm telling us the truth. They say if you fell in the day of the adversity, your strength is small. God wants us. Wigglesworth, the man that God used tremendously, said, I'd rather have a church of 10 people who are hungry for God than a church of people who are not hungry for God. He said, 10 people who are hungry for God will do more for the kingdom than 1,000 people who have no hunger for God. And that's true. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company, companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord, saying, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The king of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly... Against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all what boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hands to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy son, servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, how long did this prayer last? It didn't last few minutes. It didn't go more than two minutes. When they had prayed, yeah, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? Shaking. Bosworth or so was one of the people that prayed the gospel. And I was listening to he and John G. Lake, they, they were meeting in his house and they began to pray. John G. Lake led the prayer. They prayed to the point that the, 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 the roof of the house began to shake. Rattling. When people are filled with God, incredible things happen in their life. But again, we are settled now. Have a good job. Have dollar. They say be filled with dollars. They say be filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Remember they have been filled before. Another feeling. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. 
and with great power, men, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. You know my late father, you know him now, my late father. The man wasn't too much, but he was filled with God. He, he would walk with your father, you know, with your father. Those people that became Christians, they were serious about the gospel, preaching the gospel in marketplaces. His father was one of them. My father, when, when the man stands, you, 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 you know the presence of God is there. He never told me not to come back in the night, never, but I would dare not do that. Dare not. Papa, I said, no. Oh, I never kept left, left, late night all my life. I, ne I never brought a woman to the house. Never. Not I didn't even make at them. Church, be in church. He never told us you must come to church. You be in church. His life, he has this presence that will make, if I you know what I'm talking you are raised in such a home now. You, you had this presence that will make you, make you do things. It's not by power. It's not by might. But by what? They were filled with God. They didn't have much money. They were poor. We were raised in poor homes. They didn't have much. I used to eat a chicken head. So, <laughs> Christmas chicken head. And the leg. And I eat it for one hour a bit. But they were full of God. They, they gave them, the portion of the town they gave them to build churches is the place nobody goes, where they have evil things. They will go there and be singing about the love of Jesus, clear the place, build their home. They never did deliverance with anything. They just preached the gospel, the power of God. That's what they did. But they honored God with their lives. They were full of God. Full of God. Hey! Man, full of God. Wow. Acts 5.12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord, one accord, no quarreling, no, full of the Spirit, one accord, In Solomon's porch, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitude of both men and women. Jesus said, Thou shalt receive power after the Holy Spirit was what? Come. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. You need to be anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit so that you produce this result that these people are producing here. That's what he's talking about. Look at Ecclesiastes 9.8. It says, let your garments always be white and let your head lack no what? Oil. Don't let your head lack oil. Keep your garments white. Live a purified life. And don't let your head lack oil. Psalm 92 verse 10. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh what? Oil. 2023, you need fresh oil. Don't go with stale oil. God said, don't let your head lack oil. Don't. It's your responsibility. Keep your white garment white. Stop all these carnal things. Stop all those things that leak the anointing from your life. It takes away, it leaks the power of you. Especially mouth. Cha, 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 cha. Are you the only person? You talk for the whole village. Where you walk, once you enter, trouble has come. Everybody knows you, but you carry Bible. Everybody knows you. You are so rebellious, you don't respect your leaders. You are, you are, all these people, you don't. No, don't have time for it. No, no. Keep your garment white. And let your head not lack what? 
That's where you can walk into your place of work and there is something they'll be coming to ask you because they notice there's something about you. There's something about you. You have freshness of oil. And so we need also to be praying in the spirit a lot. We have to. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. We need to. Again, all these things come with hunger. That's where I'm going. There has to be a task. The law of task. The law of hunger says that if you hunger, you'll be filled. If you hunger to be filled with the Spirit, to live a Spirit-filled life, God will fill you. God will fill you. But there has to be a hunger. There has to be a task. But if you are lukewarm, you have arrived, you have a good job, filled with dollar, that's not what God called us for. That's not what they called us for. He called us to be people who bring influence, the kingdom influence, where we live, and it can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I hear amen? I want to hear a bigger amen. amen. You know, if you don't have hunger, be honest with God. and say, Lord, you know, I've never really had hunger for anything. Now I want to have it. That's where your prayer for 2023 starts. That's one of the things you start praying for. Lord, I need hunger. I need thirst to be filled with your spirit. I want to live in the fullness of your spirit. I want to make a difference in this, my generation, with this, my life. I want to make a difference in my children's life. I want to make a difference in my, my husband's life. You know, my wife gave a testimony. If your wife gives testimony about you, that's it. Man, that's a wonderful one. Because I used to call, I won't say this one. My wife came back one day. I said, honey, I want to tell you something. I said, what is it? And she doesn't talk. My wife is not a talking type. He said, I was coming back. I was just thanking God for you. He said, I was just giving God thanks for you. He said, you preach faith and you live faith. He said, it has affected your whole children. She began to tell me. He said, watch this. Watch this. In the challenge of life, they are standing on scripture. They don't mumble. They don't grumble. He said, my husband, I give God thanks for you. She's here. He said, the challenge that comes to me, I watch you. I get encouraged. I stand on scripture. I didn't know then she was fighting that lump. I didn't know. I had no idea. You know, we, we, should, we should be people who, who really Christ is using. You don't have to preach. Your life should preach. I'll tell it all. My children came. We were giving testimony. They said, we want to thank God in this home. We've never seen daddy and mommy quarrel. Said, there's so much peace here. Said, we don't know all this trouble in many homes. We can't relate with it. We don't see it here. He said, we come home, we're happy. We're happy because daddy will buy pizza. But you know, that testimony blessed me. It blessed me. These are my children. He said, this home is so peaceful. So, all of them were saying the same thing. It's not just in church. If it's only in church, we, our scope is small. How many hours do we stay here? No, God uses us more outside the church than inside the church. In your home first, your Jerusalem. Is it not my kids that went to their mom and said, tell daddy to write a book? This one sitting there said, so he said, daddy, when you preach, I get instruction from God. That's what our life is supposed to be. Light and example to all men. Starting from your family. Your passion should ignite your children. Ignite all of them. Ignite them. And they begin to seek what you are seeking. 
your passion should infect them. 2023, you must have hunger. I must have thirst. Can I hear amen? Let's bow our heads. I don't know what God is talking to you about. I don't know what God is talking to you about. Do you have tasks? What do you have hunger for? What are you hungry for? Have you settled? Are you settled? I'm doing enough. Are you settled? Come on now. That's called lukewarmness. What are you tasting for? David said, my heart tasks for God. Do you task for Bible studies? Does knowing Jesus, is it your task? Is it your hunger? Do you pray for Bible studies? I say, Lord, I can't wait. I need to know you. I need to study. I need to be part of you. Or do you think I don't need it? You are cheating yourself. Seriously. Have a discussion with God right now. If you don't have a task, ask him to give you a task for it. Brethren, we need it. It's the treasure of heaven. Don't let anybody deceive you. Hold the things of this world lightly. They don't have too much value. I'm telling you now. The flesh will disappoint you, profit you, nothing. Absolutely nothing. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to take our Holy Communion now. Let us pray. Precious Father, as we approach the Holy Communion, I pray that, Lord, you make it a special moment for your children. That we don't take this as a religious thing, but we take it because you told us to use it to remember you. Let it be a time that your spirit will remind us of who Jesus is. So that we know the Lord our sanctifier, the one who sanctified us and made us clean by his blood. So we know the God our healer, the one who healed us. So we know the God our life, Jesus is our life. So we know the one that leads us in triumph all the time. The one that keeps us from falling. So we remember the blood that was shed for us. The new and living way through which we approach God. Not the word of Moses and the law, 
but they knew and they didn't wear through the flesh that was torn on the cross and the blood that was shed. So we can have confidence in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray.